0: Welcome to episode 14 of Learning with Young Leaders. We release a new episode every Wednesday to learn from young leaders who share their stories and experiences for you to bring your life to the next level. Listen in to hear how many of these guests discover their passion and drive in life that allows them to do well at what they love best. In this episode, we have Melvin, co-founder of Enlightened Profits, where they uplift the business community by providing transformational solutions for entrepreneurs, helping them to better their lives, level up their marketing, and expand their business. Melvin shares about his personal entrepreneurship journey, advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, how you can build up your personal value, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and support us by sharing this with whoever would benefit from it. If you wish to connect with like-minded individuals, do join our LinkedIn group as well. Now, let's listen in to a masterclass by Melvin. Hi Melvin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up man? Yeah, super excited to, to have you on the podcast and very excited to learn from what you have to share. It's quite interesting because the previous few episodes were actually podcast interviews with your own students and now I've sort of like climbed up the ladder and oh. then I interviewed you <laughs> yourself, right? Like, like oh, the founder yeah. of the whole mastermind and everything. So oh. previously I interviewed, I think Daryl, Teddius and, oh, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, a few That's of them, ways. right? Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, so yes. it's super excited to, to speak to you and, you know, pick your brains on whatever you have to share, okay. but okay. perhaps we could start off by like your own journey and how you ended up in this whole space to begin with.
1: Awesome. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting, like I was telling you before we started, I have done hundreds of podcasts myself with people all over the world, some of the biggest names around, you know, uh, I can tell you some of them and some of the lessons I learned later. Uh, so it's always interesting when I'm the one uh, being interviewed. So this is a fun experience for, for me. Uh, my name is Melvin. Uh, together with my partner, Joe, we run something called Enlightened Profits. And we, we started this, we coach uh, some of Asia and the world's best speakers and trainers, best marketers, and best salespeople you know uh, and but when I say the best we really talk about the tip of the spear the very very best but it's kind of funny uh, because I actually uh, you're from SMU <laughs> I dropped out SMU mm-hmm. at age uh, 21 <laughs> year okay. one at the end of okay. year one I dropped out so this is a story pretty interesting huh? so I came from a from a good school and and I like mm-hmm. to think I'm fairly smart huh? I came from a <laughs> school used to be called the Chinese high now called Huachong. Okay. And, and, and at the point of time there was no integrated program so I had to take the O levels and of course I aced the O levels I went to Huachong JC And I got four A's, and at that point in time, it was called Special Paper Distinction. So my grades were good enough to go to Harvard, Cambridge, or wherever the heck you want to go. Uh, But here's the thing. I had, at that point in time, fallen in love with uh, the idea of entrepreneurship and slightly being a rebel. So uh, where all my friends were applying for government scholarships and all kinds of scholarships, I said, I wouldn't do any of that. But then my grades were good enough, so the SMU sent me a letter and basically said, hey, here's uh, $10,000 per per SEM. Can you be an SMU scholar? There's no bond. So I didn't even want to go to uni. I want to drop out right after NS and just go and start my business. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, interesting decision. Uh. But since SMU offered me $10,000 per per cent, I thought, okay, what the heck? Let's just go and do it. Uh, I found out I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it at all because at a point of time, at that point of time, I thought to myself, you know, I want to start a business. Then the profs were all non-business people. So my rationale was basically, if I want to learn driving, I want to learn from a guy that, number one, owns a car, number two, can drive. So in my opinion, most of the profs were teaching business, but didn't have a business. So I said, what exactly am I learning from a guy, you know, who's a swimming instructor, but can't swim. He's a gym instructor, but he's not fit. So I decided after six months, I want to drop out. Uh, uh, within a year, I like didn't even go for class. I didn't to go for the finals. My GPA when I left was 1.6. Uh, you know, I, I, I still got a few A's uh, from papers that I wrote with no citations whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just dropped out. But here's the thing, when you drop out at age 21, right? You start a business and, uh, and, and the thing we're going to talk about today is uh, business and marketing skills. Uh, dropping out is the easy part. You know, a lot of people like to say about, uh, let's quit a job. You know, let's quit a job and start a business. Well, the quitting part, Marcus. is the easy part. You know, you just send a letter and you can drop out. Drop out of school, is real easy. Just don't show up, you know? <laughs> it's really easy. But what you do afterwards is the whole thing. And that, for everyone listening, comes down to skill sets. If you don't have a skill set and you drop out, your life is going to be a freaking nightmare. Okay, it's gonna be a nightmare. The reason is because now, now you drop out, what are you gonna do, what are you gonna do? So I started a business, I thought I knew a lot of stuff. Uh, I started a business, uh, the first three months, uh, I started with my buddy Saifu, we started a business and the first three months we managed to get warm leads, which means friends and family that we knew to buy our stuff. But Marcus, you run out of friends after a while. Then what? Then you need to know how to advertise, sell, run a business, accounts, hire, lead, sell a uh, team, etc. And we knew none of that, not zero. So the business tanked after a while, and then I was stuck. I was stuck now with no, no degree. I was stuck with an A-level search and a rebellious attitude, which meant I didn't want to go and get a job. And I was stuck with not a lot of funds, now having to do this thing called business. And what ended up was six, seven, eight years of struggle. During the period of time, I tried a variety of things. I tried kids' education. I tried all sorts of stuff. I network marketing. I tried internet marketing. I tried a whole bunch of stuff. And the max I made during the period of time was about $800 to $1,000 a month. It was pathetic. And we're not talking six months we're not talking one year we're talking like five six seven years right mm-hmm. i remember this one time uh things were so bad there was a uh, frequently i would eat one meal a day so i'll you know there's a vegetable rice store called i'll go down with about two 250 maximum three dollars in my pocket which meant that i could either you know eat like 210 220 and buy a cup of coffee there was like there was a day also I'd eat up all the food in my house because you know i didn't have money so i sleep on the couch and eat all the food in my house so my mom would buy bread back and I would just like eat half the loaf because I was that hungry. Also, I remember a few times I went out with, with girls and uh, when you go out with girls and you're young, just like your age, right? You're, 20, you're 23, you, you want to take them on dates. Uh, you can forget about dates, okay? And a few times I had to borrow money to buy coffee and we're not talking Starbucks. We're talking like, like Kopi Ping. <laughs> I say, hey, do you have 40 cents more? I need to pay for Kopi Ping. That was the state I was in and it was not good and I had to learn all the lessons by uh, very hard mistakes. I believe, Marcus, in life you learn by two ways. Mistakes or mentors. And at that time, I was too maybe, cocky or too dumb to find a mentor. So I learned my mistakes, Marcus. <laughs> I learned not to do something. I learned what hot meant by putting my hand on the fire. <laughs> a terrible way to learn. So, but I eventually got it. And then you know I met mentors also eventually. And I now run a, a multi-million dollar business. A year, we coach uh, those uh, top people. And I always tell, tell them that each one of them probably have better uni certs than me. But I learned all my lessons on the street. All my lessons through hard knocks. And all the stuff I teach might not be the fanciest theory, but it works. (laughs) Because I still don't have a uni degree. So I either need to make this work or I starve. And I did a lot of starving. So that's that. A little bit about me.
0: Okay. There there was a a lot of information to take in. I think that's a very inspiring story for sure. I think what a lot of people... They see now this is like the people they drop out of school and straight away they start a startup. They just boom, right? That, that's yep. usually the typical stories that you encounter and what what we listen yep. to. But a lot of times you don't listen to like your kind of stories where you actually. Oh, I think my kind of story is more tree. common.
1: That you you don't just drop out. See that that, that that Marcus is the myth. The myth is you read these books, right? Uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, you read about Bill Gates, Microsoft, etc. They seem to just drop out of school. They seem to then just around their garage and all of a sudden they make a ton of money they seem to do that and i think that is a myth and if it happens it is a unicorn which means for every bill gates and steve jobs right you have a thousand people who drop out and don't make it
0: yeah that's definitely. that's
1: the reality so so as an entrepreneur you need to be a bit crazy absolutely because marcus if you go and take a look at the stats for entrepreneurship majority of businesses don't make it so you, uh, and, and we're talking shockingly, a lot of them don't make it, okay? We're not talking like, you know, 50-50. No, we're talking majority of them don't. We're talking like 90 plus percent don't, don't make it. Now with COVID, right? Now, have you walked around, Marcus, and realized that a lot of shops are still closed? Yes or no?
0: Yeah, definitely. They, they can't even make it up.
1: Oh, no, no. Have you realized that some of them are boarded up already? Boarded up means they, they are gone already. Yes or no? They are done. Yeah. Okay? So COVID is killing more businesses than even just normal. So as an entrepreneur, especially in this season, for you to say, I will succeed, uh, you have to literally sweep, uh, go, go against the stats. The stats say, uh, if you jump off this place, uh, 90 chance, 90% chance you'll die. You go, well, I'm the 10%. That's what being an entrepreneur is. <laughs> because everyone else goes, 90%, I will do it. As an entrepreneur, you go, well, I'm, I'm the 10%. That's what an entrepreneur is. <laughs> so you have to be a bit crazy. But at the same time, uh, you, have, you have to understand that at the end of the day, reading the books and the YouTube videos of how some guy uh, just messes around it makes a million dollars in six months. It's a dream. It is a dream. Most of the time, we are not in that category. That there, there, there's just stats. Okay, it's going to be a long, painful journey. It can be shorter with mentors, but but there is that journey. So
0: yeah, that's that for
1: everyone so, watching.
0: Well, was there like a particular incident or or a mentor that like sparked your yeah a transformation? Because you you were saying many years, right? It wasn't just a few years kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, I think in, in life, I think in Asian culture uh, or maybe in Singapore culture, right? Mo- most people don't find a mentor, right? They think they can do it by YouTube, by, by books, by some, even some online courses. No, I disagree. I absolutely disagree. Even to, to today, I make a lot of money and I spent a good portion of my money on hiring the world's best coaches to coach me. Why? Let me tell you why finding a mentor is important. Then I'll tell you the mentor that changed my life. Nobody, don't, don't give me the BS that anyone can. Now, you will learn a few things from YouTube, from books, from courses. Absolutely, you'll learn a few things. But if you are serious, right, you get yourself a coach or a mentor. Now, first and foremost, Marcus, do you know how to drive?
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep.
1: Would you ever trust your own driving skill uh, if you watch some YouTube videos or or some Udemy courses? Yes or no?
0: Uh, Debatable. Let's
1: just say, I will not see in your car. Okay. If you watch a Udemy class and went inside, I will not see in your car. And I'll buy a lot of insurance against you. Because because, because there's a difference. Now, Marcus, did you get a driving instructor? The kind that of sat beside you and told you how, how to drive? Yes or no?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, do you think that guy was pretty important to your ability to drive?
0: Yeah, I mean, from scratch, you didn't know anything, right? Without the instructor, exactly. you wouldn't know. How, 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 many does even
1: start? how many lessons did he take for you?
0: Wow, 15 to 20?
1: 15 to 20, right? But in 15 to 20, you went from sitting in a car and not knowing how to drive the machine and potentially killing yourself to knowing how to drive. Does it make sense? 15 to 20 lessons, so short, short amount of time. Three to four months, you mastered a skill. That's not bad. You mastered a skill in about three to four months. Would it be, be, be fair? Roughly three to four months. Yeah. Three, three to four months, yeah? That, that is pretty impressive. Now, if you watch YouTube videos, Marcus, you could go three to four years uh, and learn jack shit. You will learn nothing. And still, you might even crash. That is the difference. Because what a mentor does, is what a mentor does He sits beside you. He teaches you skills. He corrects you on the spot. Also, you know that the guy knows how, how to do it. And if you'll just listen to him, you will get there. Very crucial. Most young entrepreneurs, I realize, are, they all want to do it themselves. And of course, they want to do it themselves because that's what entrepreneurship is. Uh, you know, they kind of want to succeed by themselves. But except, and have you ever heard this saying, Marcus, self-made. A self-made millionaire. Have you ever heard heard that phrase yep. before? Yep. Yeah. Anyone that believes that is an idiot because nobody in the world is self-made. For example, the moment you came out of your mother's womb, you were not self-made. You can walk on your own. No, a bunch of people coach your ass to walk, right? Then they taught your ass to speak English and Chinese and learn everything you do in life. None of it is self-made. So the fact that you think you can somehow be a self-made entrepreneur is ridiculous. Nobody learns anything self-made. So, so number one, humility. The humility you go, I maybe don't know all the answers. Somebody else does. Let's learn from, from them. So when I finally got that lesson, at 27 or 28, after running into a wall several times and trying to do it myself, which is frankly stupid, uh, I decided to find a mentor. His name was Marshall Thurber. Have you read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Marcus. Yep. Yep. Marshall is the rich dad and rich dad, Poor Dad.
0: Okay. Marshall is
1: Robert Kiyosaki's mentor. So, well, look at my choice of mentor. Not bad uh, for the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I found Marshall and, and I didn't have the money to attend Marshall's uh, class. So, I actually went to scrap around and borrow the money I had uh, and flew all the way to Melbourne to study with Marshall. And, and and within a short amount of time, Marshall, by, by the way, is a, is also Tony Robbins' mentor. So within like half a day, I knew I made the right decision to be here. Marshall changed my mm-hmm. mind, changed my ideas on business in ways that I cannot even describe. At the end of which, right, I decided to ask uh, Marshall whether he could be my mentor. So I walked out with him and said, uh, could you be my mentor? Now there was, of course, an investment and a fee involved. But I thought it was it, like, what was the opposite of that? The opposite of that was to Go back and spend another seven to eight years struggling. I say, so, screw that. So so I, I I managed to work out a payment plan with, with, with Marshall and, and, I, and I joined him. And I joined him and I tell you that one year, in that one year alone, I went from making 800 to a thousand bucks, right? To making my first five figures per month. You see, Marcus, in entrepreneurship, you don't know what you don't know. You no, know, there's something called Johari's window. So you're going to go deep a bit. Uh, very entertaining call. Uh, I'm happy you interview all, all, all my <laughs> buddies, uh, and coaches. Uh, but it's going to be entertaining there's something called we window. There's four parts of we window. There's one, one called I Know What I Know, which is cool. There's, not, there's knowledge. Then there's unconscious things that, that you know, Called I know what I don't know, <laughs> which means, you know, you're aware of things uh, that, uh, uh, Oh, no. It's I don't know what I know. I don't know. So I know what I know. There's a conscious knowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I know, which is unconscious at the back of your mind. You get some secret skill that you have. Then there is that awareness, that awareness whereby you're aware you don't know something. I know what I don't know. Okay. I know that I have a knowledge gap in here. Marcus, in entrepreneurship, the thing that kills you uh, is you don't know what you don't know. When you don't know what you don't know, right? That means you're completely unaware. It's very, very, very important. You're not even aware of its importance or its existence and you walk right into it and you die. (laughs) And the thing about entrepreneurship, Marcus, is mistakes, uh, unlike school, don't just cost you an F. Every mistake in entrepreneurship costs money. And sometimes it's money that uh, you might not have to... uh, (laughs) Payback. <laughs> so this is why you humble yourself. The first key in entrepreneurship, humble yourself. Admit the fact that you don't know everything and go and seek help. Find mentors, ask them to coach you. Listen, be coachable. That is the most important thing. Most entrepreneurs uh, come up and they are all flashy and arrogant. When I see that, right, I know definitely uh, they, were not, they, were, they are either putting up a front or they will not last very long. Because that kind of attitude is exactly what causes a quick swift downfall.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really true. Like, not knowing what you don't know. Because even after I've started my my own sort of, like, startup, right, I encountered that quite a lot. Because, you know, until you, you actually know, you go know, through they the process, know. right, then you're like, what is this? yeah. <laughs> so, I think that is really, really true.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. You, you see, the thing about business, Marcus, is there's no... Unlike school, you see, we can talk a little bit about school. The challenge I have with school is school confines everything to an artificial bubble. So you know, right, Because when you start a particular one, they give you a curriculum framework. So you kind of know, as long as I stay within this framework, I will be okay. Now, that and that is the entire way school has been built up. So a lot of these people who have lots of degrees, they, they do very poorly in business. For the simple reason, they are always looking for where the boundaries are. Someone to set up a perimeter and say, this is the way the game is played. Marcus, business got perimeter. Got, uh. got uh. Don't have what? Uh.
0: Absolutely so, not.
1: <laughs> no, not a perimeter. Uh. What is right and wrong? So that's why they say Singaporeans, uh, Singapore people right, sometimes they do business a bit square. Because you know why? Because everything here in Singapore got perimeter. The government have perimeter. Cross here, dang, cross, stay in, good. But business don't have that, uh. brother. No perimeter. There are laws. Uh. But apart from that, there are no perimeters. Uh. So we are always looking for where's the perimeter? Then you're dead, dead right? or you need the perimeter in order to, to play, uh, you, are, you are done. That is, you're absolutely done. <laughs> so so in a way, the good news was I didn't really have that. So I spent time on the streets and I kind of have that thinking in mind. I'm like, you cannot be done. Yet. Does it make sense? Huh? So, so that, that that's the key. We, we need to understand that business is a fluid dynamic thing. Now, with COVID and with a recession, major recession coming, oh, it's more fluid than ever. <laughs> you understand? It's more fluid than, than ever before. You know, you are experiencing it also. Uh, online le- learning, well, that's the way it is. You know, that all the old parameters are gone. Now, did you see what Chan Chun Singh said yesterday? Did you read the news? Sir? About so, the recession? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. After this, you go to channewsasia.com and you can take a look. He literally said, and it's scary. It's scary when, and I put it in my presentation yesterday, right? uh it's scary when the government comes out and tells you we are not returning to a pre-covid 19 oh yeah After yeah this, i saw
0: that sentence
1: you just go read you can read what he says inside and when the government comes out and says well everything you think you know a jennifer is going out the window that's where uh, your alarm bells should ring he is coming out and saying we are not doing all stuff you read everything he said uh. everything he he, he said uh, was the fact that hey singapore was built on these foundations well in the last six months all that shit has gone out the window. That's what he said. So, it, it, I think it is, it is a time where business is more fluid. Now, first of all, business had never had parameters. And now, oh man, it's more fluid and dynamic than ever before. So, this is going to be an, either an exciting time or a very scary time for people. So, that's it. <laughs> that's the thing about business.
0: Yeah, so I also want to dive a bit into like the whole mindset sort of thing. Like you mentioned humility, right? What, what, what do you think are some key like mindset tweaks that young Entrepreneurs or take people who are wanting to do something themselves. They they should possess this kind of traits to actually may, make it.
1: Okay, very important. Number one, scrap the fact that there's a young entrepreneur or old entrepreneur. The day you call yourself a young or old entrepreneur, right? Uh, or or seasoned entrepreneur, never first key, never define yourself by age. Uh-uh. Right? I I have coached uh, David Teddy's, right? Teddy starts his digital marketing business, he's probably the same age as you. He has, he's cocking five figure months now, right? And the first number is not one. <laughs> Right? So, is he a young or seasoned? No. Scrap, scrap that. As a young entrepreneur, majority of the time, the mindset is what well, I'm young. Therefore, I need to start slow. I need to start small. Not true. Market doesn't care whether you're young or old. Market doesn't care if you're black or white. Market doesn't care if you're male or female, tall or short. Market only care about one thing. Now, Marcus, when you buy stuff, you care. The guy is young, old, male, female, gay, straight. Do you care about this kind of thing? What do you care
0: about? As long as it's good. Product yes. is good. Of top quality. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't give a shit, all right? The only thing you care about is more specifically, this is why I teach X, X, X Factor, the most important thing you care about is the fact about whether this product can solve your problem. That's the most important thing. If it solves your, your problem, that's all, right? So here's the thing, when you start buying into the idea of young or new versus seasoned, no, no one cares. Like, in a soccer game, uh, Marcus, you start playing soccer uh, one day ago. I play for the last 20 years. If you score more goals than me, do you win? Yes or no? Yeah, so the experience cover for what? Nothing, zero. Now it might help you make better decisions, but there's every time you do business, there's a chance you might win. So scrap that shit about young or old. See, the number one mistake young entrepreneurs make is they play too small. Because why? Because they're like, oh no, I just joined. Market don't care. Number two, most seasoned entrepreneurs make is they think uh, they are just going to win uh, because they are seasoned. Hey, market also, don't give a shit. <laughs> the only thing the market cares about is, uh, does your shit work? Does it help me? <laughs> That's all. That is all. Do you, you, you are supposed to have a face mask, right, Marcus? Now, do you care that face mask company started producing that shit one day ago? Or has been producing it for 10 years? You don't care as long as they cover your face and uh, serve its function. You're buying it. Hey, it's a good deal. That's the way business works. So first key, never about young or old. It's always about whether, what is the market facing right now? And can you solve their problem? That's, that's the first key about entrepreneurship. Which means what? Which means you need to be observing the market, paying attention to your consumers and really helping them that is the number one function of a business. The number one function of, of a business is not all the operations or all. No, number one function of a business and the existence of a business is to observe the clients, the co- consumers, the customers, and make sure that you continue to solve their problem. Marcus, if a business continues to solve the client's problems, especially present problems and even future problems, do you think they'll be in business a long time?
0: Yep, definitely. Of
1: course, of course. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing. Marcus, when you're growing up, your parents ever tell you a money is earned. Did they ever tell you that?
0: Hints of that, I would say.
1: Yeah. So, first of all, money is never earned. Money is given. Money is given in exchange for value. The whole idea of business, right? Hope uh, everyone is getting an education or so on. By the way, I cover all of these in my X Factor class. Huh? So, mm. so I'm going to give you snippets of it. Number one, money is never earned. Because if it's earned, it's, it almost seems like earned from where, who, what. No, money is never earned. Money is never earned. Money is given to you. Money is always given to you in exchange for value. So you want, by the way, there's no such thing as money. There's only currency. Current, because if you took a look, you accept sing dollar. Am I right, Marcus? <laughs> or Bitcoin, depending on <laughs> you or your stuff. That's a currency. That is not money, right? In Malaysia, they use ringgit. So you accept currency. You get currency in exchange for what? For value. Does that make sense? So if you provide value, you get currency. So how do you get more money? How do you get more currency? Very simple. Provide more value. Value will always follow currency. Marcus, ask you a quick question. If, I, if you take my currency, but don't give me value, what is it called? You,
0: simple, you just right? not be, be satisfied with whatever you're It's
1: getting. a scam, bro. Yeah. It's a scam. I take your money, I give you nothing. It's a scam. Huh? Okay. It's a scam or a robbery. <laughs> okay. Now, if, if, if I keep giving you value, but I don't take money, so now I'm either a charity, an NGO, or sooner or later, I'll be broke. Yes or no? But yep. so you see, you know, the world works in a beautiful exchange. I give you value, you give me currency. I give you more value, you give me more currency. Super simple even if you work in a job. Now, Marcus, I'm going to review something to the listeners here because a lot of them have this bullshit thinking that is harming their thinking. Marcus, what do you think most people think uh, they give in, in exchange for money in a job? What do you think they, they think they give? Time? Yes, Marcus. They all think it's time. I do a wealth class and they all think it's time. Marcus, if that was true, you can go to your job and just sit on your ass for eight hours and go home. Do nothing. Just sit on your ass for eight hours and go home. Is that true, Marcus? Do jobs pay you for sitting on? No! Do you realize even in a job, you're paid for what? Value. This is why a receptionist is paid $3,000 to $2,000 a month. And a sales manager is paid $10,000 a month. Even though they all arrive for eight hours. Nine to five. Make sense? Because the sales manager is giving more life. Value. The receptionist is providing value called transferring calls. That's value, but not that valuable. The sales manager is providing sales, right? Driving the sales team. That's higher value. That's why it's paid $10,000. It's paid five times more. What's the lesson here? When you provide more value, you get more money. <laughs> it's as simple as that. That is nothing to do with young or old. So the, what, what's the real question? The real question is what the heck is value. So let's dive in right now. Let's investigate what value is. Because every every business needs to study value. In fact, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you realize you're not in the business of business. You're in the business of value. Make sense? Because what is business? The business of business is giving value in exchange for currency. That's all. I give you value you give me currency. That's it. That's a real business. And by the way, is that what Amazon does? Of course it does. Right? You pay money, currency, USD, same. they give you some, some shit, whether it's mm-hmm. a Kindle book, or a physical. So, you see, beautiful exchange. Microsoft, beautiful exchange. EA Sports, beautiful exchange. You, you buy alcohol from, from Church, also beautiful exchange. You give them money, you take bills. <laughs> see, it's an exchange. Do you, do you understand business? And it's not hard to figure out, right? It, people make it complex. No, it's very simple. I give you something, you give me something. What, mm-hmm. what is that called, Marcus, At the foundation of it? It starts with B. What is it called? I give you something, you give me something. What's it
0: called? Barter
1: trading. Barter trading. It's as simple. Barter trading is the foundation of business. So let's take a look at, at right now. I, you, you give me money, currency. I give you value. What is value? Very simple. First key of value. Value is subjective. So I, I need everyone listening to write that down. Value is subjective. What does that mean? Marcus, do you like Wagyu beef?
0: Absolutely oh you like wagyu fantastic yeah fantastic. I love it
1: <laughs> okay fantastic alright uh, uh, high grade marble wagyu beef how much would you pay for
0: good wagyu beef good one depends it depends
1: max 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 let's say uh, Michelin star I don't know from France uh, uh,
0: maybe 50 maybe 60 hey, you're a cheapo uh, like,
1: <laughs> maybe 200 uh, maybe you pay 200 or MBS uh, marble beef correct now watch uh, so I prepare the beef you pay maybe 200 bucks Now, let's say Singh beside me is a vegetarian. Now, how much do you think she will pay for uh, marbled beef?
0: She won't even eat it.
1: She won't eat it. So, the value to her is zero. Now, what have you realized here? What is the constant? The constant is the beef. So, to you, the beef is worth 200. For her, the beef is worth zero. Mm. Do you realize? So, what do you realize about value? Number one, it's subjective. Like right now, you're doing a watch business. To my partner, your watches might be worth a thousand bucks. To me, I don't want to wear a watch. I feel it weighs my wrist down. So, your watch to me is worth zero. Does that make sense? So what is the first key of understanding here? Number one, stop trying to persuade everyone to buy your shit. Your stuff only has value to the right prospect. So everyone needs to understand the first key I teach in my X Factor class is the first key of business, right? It's not to go out there and tell everyone about your stuff. It's to find the right prospect. If I find more Marcus, I will sell more Wagyu beef. If I find more of this vegetarian shit, I will be broke. Makes sense. Now, Marcus, if, I, if you like Wagyu beef, I come up to you with a good offer, do I need to sell very hard? Yes or no? Not really. No, I just say, hey bro, Wagyu beef, usually 200 bucks today, lunchtime special, $100. Let's say you're hungry, you have 100 bucks, you say, okay, let's do it. Now here's the thing, though. The chick, let's say she, she eats vegetables only. <laughs> now I go and sell her Wagyu beef. Hey, same pitch, right? Hey, 200 bucks today, lunchtime special, $100. Will she buy?
0: No. Nope.
1: No. What if I like create a funnel now? Will, will she buy? No. What if I do video marketing now? Will she buy? No. Nope. What if I learn high-ticket closing NLP? I create a, a Facebook ad. I retarget her. I do a podcast. I write a blog. Will she buy? No. I don't you know think why?
0: so.
1: <laughs> why, why would she buy, Marcus? Why? Because she <laughs> doesn't post. like it. She's the wrong prospect. So what's the first key? First key, number one in every business, stop selling to everybody. You got to find the right, right prospect. When you find more Marcus's, you'll be rich. When you find more vegetarian people to sell Wagyu beef to, you will be broke. And then afterwards, and here's the thing, Marcus, they all go back and say, oh yeah, my funnel is not working. My ads are not working. Uh, no, you're selling the wrong person. You see, it's not, it's not hard. There are some things you can't sell to people. Make sense? You, just, you can't sell pork to Muslims. You can't sell a beef to Hindus. So stop it. It's nothing to do with your funnel, your, your, your NLP. Your, no, just like find the right people. When you find the right people, something mysteri- mysterious happens. You realize your sales is shorter. <laughs> you realize you don't have to sell so hard. You realize they want to buy. Okay, so that's the first key we need to understand about value. Value is subjective. Now, number two. It's why I call value changes. Val- value is fluid. And this is the lesson about humility that I want to share. Marcus, let's say you and I are best friends. Huh? And it's your birthday in January. Oh, no. Actually, Marcus, do you have a girlfriend? you have a yeah. girlfriend? Yes, no? Yes, great. Yeah. So, let's say you go up to your girlfriend's family uh, and, it's, uh, and it's January 2020. Jan, uh, before COVID. And you say, hey, hello, Uncle, Aunty. Uh, I buy a gift for you guys. And then they open the box right, and it's two bottles of hand sanitizer and five face masks. January 2020, uh, before COVID, uh, what will they think of you?
0: Irrelevant. <laughs>
1: I don't think they will think irrelevant. Uh. They will think, oh, this guy cannot make it. I'm going to tell my daughter break up with him. Uh. This guy, man, what is he trying to do? Uh? Correct, so watch, ah. now, do you recall the time when there was panic buy, masks were out, people are snatching toilet paper, yes or no. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's April 2020, right? You go up there and say, Uncle, Auntie, I don't know why, ah. you, 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 you break the lockdown rules, you show up there. They open the box, ah. it's two hand sanitizer, five face masks, two toilet paper. What would they think of you? Especially all out of sale outside, what would they think of you? Damn good lah. <laughs> wow, this young man. Uh, wow, solid. He love us. Oh uh, wow, I love this guy, man. Wow, this is uh, a good young man. Uh, how did he men should do that? He cares so much about us. Now, today is uh, August 2020. You go to your pe- uh, girlfriend's friend's house, you give them the exact same thing. What would they think of you? Uh,
0: not as impactful.
1: Not as impactful, but they say, okay, la, thank you for the thought. Mm. Now, what do you realize is the concept, Marcus? The gift. The gift is a concept. Now, what do you realize is the difference?
0: The The timing and the yeah, the mostly the timing, yeah.
1: The perception was different. In Jan, they're like, man, this young man, what do you think is a joker. Then in April, three months later, they're like, oh my God, thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Wow, he's a good young man. Then now they're like, all right, cool. Thanks for the thought. Appreciate it. Please put it at the kitchen table. So you realize, what does this tell, tell you? Please, please write this now for everyone listening. There is no permanent value. Your product has no permanent value. What does it mean? That means uh, it can be hot for one moment and then not hot for another moment. Have you heard of this thing called the fidget spinner? This. Yeah. Man, that shit was hot for a while. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was man. really hot. For... Then afterwards, what if you bought a thousand of that? Then after it passed, uh, what happens? Uh, now you give to the people, they also do what? Hey, sorry, uh, my house a lot this kind of thing. Sorry. You realize that. Uh, so you realize, do you see why business you require humility? Course, can you think your stuff will be hot forever? No, it's not. You remember uh, this, this mask also, the N95. Now I know a lot of people wear face masks, uh. Recall uh, this time Singapore got uh, haze. The PSI go up to 300 plus. uh, Did you recall? I think it was like a few years ago. Yeah. Right? That that time, uh, N95 masks. Now, you know, at the peak of the PSI at 300 plus, uh, you know how much one N95 mask was? $10. Because you didn't want to walk out uh, and breathe haze. When you come back, uh, you cough non stop. One mask uh, is $10. Now, the moment it passed, uh, one cup inside got 30, 50 uh, is like $12, $15. You see, uh, you realize this is the way business is. Now, at that point of time, let's say you, you, your girlfriend, let's say you guys have a kid or so, blah, blah, blah. You saw online, on Q10, one N95 mask $10, but then your alternative is cover your own mouth or forsake. Would you buy? Yep. You would, right? <laughs> you see? <laughs> right? You might not be happy about it, but you will still buy it. Because the thought is like, if I buy it, don't buy this. You will still yeah. buy it. What does that tell you about value? Value is fluid. Which means what? It changes from moment to moment. So this is why during this whole recession time, the most important thing right is to solve people's present problems. If you solve a problem that doesn't exist or is not important right now, nobody will give you money. Remember, money is given in exchange for value, and if your shit is not valuable, which means they don't think it solves their problem right now, it probably solves a past problem or it solves a future problem. They will not pay you. Here's a past problem that we all had. It was called entertainment. Marcus it's called entertainment remember Jen and Fab you had goals to travel the world this year maybe you go and have a maybe pop by a club once or two have a drink at a bar you know watch watch a movie correct
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, maybe go Disneyland or some place like this well you want to buy a Disneyland ticket now you think it's relevant but what's buying that shit because all you can think about is what uh, either I cannot go or cannot COVID correct mm-hmm. now, did you recall in Jen and Fab you know what what had the highest value you always know influencers do it right business class ticket. Correct? Every person see business class will take 200 pictures on them for Instagram. Now, Marcus, you want to see business class ticket now? No. No. Because airplane now, last time, airplane business class equals luxury. Now, getting on an airplane now, Marcus, equals what? Come, You tell me, what's the first thought that comes to buy? Airplane equals what?
0: You're scared of getting COVID.
1: Yeah like airplane equal COVID uh, we all just know uh, because there's no air ventilation, airplane equal COVID. Uh, correct? So mm-hmm. no one wants to see business class, uh, airplane by the way you get an uh, airplane uh, equal fourteen day mandatory in Singapore now, you know. Who oh, yeah. like uh. yeah. wants to do that? So what do you realise? That is why Virgin Atlantic just filed for bankruptcy. Branson's company just filed for bankruptcy. Why uh? Because I guess uh, now no value. You realise? So it was hot for a while, then yeah, had no no value. So what does all every entrepreneur need to understand? Number one, your business is providing value. Your Listen, uh, Marcus, first you're, you're, you're a young entrepreneur. Everyone needs to hear this. You're not in the business of watches. You're not in the business of whatever the heck you think you are. You're in the business of providing value. And moment to moment, right, their value could change. Which means uh, if your shit no longer is liked or valued by consumers, uh, you need to get out of that ASAP. If you choose to stay there, you are the captain of the Titanic you know that the ship is sinking and you still want to stay there. Does that make sense? We are all in the business of providing value. If no, if, so you look at my speaker clients now. You, 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 you have seen speakers before, right, Marcus? Yep. Speakers are those that arrive in an auditorium or a hall with two 300 people and they give a talk. Now, if they insisted on doing that format, they're like, oh, sorry, I only talk in front of a live audience, 300, 400 people. What would happen to their business now, Marcus?
0: They wouldn't have any venue to, to even no, talk that's a nice to way people.
1: Of they will be broke. That's what happened. Because No one's going to gather for a long time. So every single one has had to understand, hey, man, we need to pivot and we need to provide value in a different way. Right? So anyone that does that, my clients will do that. I'm making a ton of money because they are not attached to the idea, their identity of a speaker. Make sense? They're not, and they are not attached to their, even their product of a speech. They are, they're attached to the fact that they will provide value to their consumers. And maybe they think, what's, what does value mean now? It could be Zoom, it could be you know, different ways of working, it could be blah, blah, blah. They just, they just brainstorm. How well, can I provide my clients value? And therefore, people are paying them more money, not less money. For every single person that insists on doing their own way, sorry, I'm a speaker, I give a live talk, then congratulations, you will be very broke. Okay, because I don't know when the next time a, a person with a live talk can happen. Does that make sense? I have sat right here at this kitchen table. This is a white wall I'm sitting on a white kitchen table. I sat right here in this spot on the 8th of August and the 10th of August. In these two days, I made $500,000 sitting right here. This is a $12 headset. Your headset looks more expensive than mine. Okay, so part of the question I wanted to ask you was where do you buy your headset from? Because I think that's kind of cool. (laughs) I sat here in this $12 Velour Challenger headset. My MacBook Air on a white kitchen table with a chair. I made half a million Sing dollars sitting here. Why? Selling things. Selling things that provide people value during this period of time. And am I special? Yeah, actually I'm quite good at this. Huh? I spent <laughs> a long time doing this. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, I have redesigned all, all my offerings so that it provides people a maximum value. Do you know our sales and profits are up three to five times? Which means we are making more money now in COVID than not, not COVID, you know? So my clients are doing exactly the same thing. And part of them, they're, they're saying some pretty evil shit. Like, I wish this would last forever. I don't, okay? I don't wish your last forever. I hope humankind can go back to interacting the way uh, we used to, you know. But but let's just say times are good, and it's all down to value.
0: So what I'm most curious about, right? As someone who obviously hasn't been caught, been through much, how do you build up the kind of value to bring to people?
1: Excellent. So you must understand, right? Value does not come from experience. Value only comes from results. Makes sense. No one really cares about the level of experience. Remember, they don't care whether you're young, you're old, you're male, you're female, you're white, you're black. You only care about your ability to produce results. So when you think about experience, do not think in the years that you've done something, think in the results you've generated. Very critical. Okay? Think in terms of the results you've generated. So so you, you, you notice, right? Have you, do you watch soccer? Uh, yep.
0: I happen to yes. be a soccer fan.
1: Okay, great. What's your favorite club? Liverpool. Oh, my God.
0: Why? <laughs> right, who do you support?
1: <laughs> man, man, man United. <laughs> oh, That's usually the oh.
0: response from Man United.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, Man, do you know of a soccer coach called Jose Mourinho? Yes or no? Yes. Jose Mourinho came onto the, the scene uh, back a long time ago and he was young and uh, he was known as a special one. Now, his level of experience was not a lot. He had probably, when he joined uh, Chelsea, his level of experience was about four to five years. But in those four to five years, he was hired because he won a lot of trophies. Do you realize? You want more trophies than some managers go through their entire career. Mm. Do you realize? So right there, the trophies equals a result. Make sense? It's not about the years of experience yet. It was the result. So first key, right, is your business needs to generate a result. So number one, when people come and find me, I, I, I by the way, only take in people to my X-Factor Marketing class that are good people because uh, they'll talk about that in just a bit. And number two, they can generate a result. You know, I recently coached a so-called NLP guy. When you say he was an NLP coach, so I got on and, and he told me, hey Melvin, I have a copywriting and a funnel problem. For everyone watching who doesn't know what a funnel is, it's just a series of websites. You know, it's one of the hottest things in 2020. It's just a series of websites, okay? My, one of the guys I work with, Mark Joyner, has been doing funnels since 1999. So in case uh, anyone thinks it's some cool shit, it's not. Okay, but it's, uh, he says, I have a copywriting and a funnel problem. I said, okay, cool. So I got on and I asked him. I said, hey, hey buddy. So tell me about your copywriting and funnel problem. He said, oh, I teach NLP, but I can't quite get clients. I said, oh, interesting. So I asked him a few questions. I said, how many people have you coached? He said, zero. I said, uh, okay. I said, have you, used NLP, have you used NLP even on yourself? He said, no. I said, so let me get something straight. You learn NLP. You have not used it on yourself. You have not coached anybody. And you think you have a copywriting problem. Marcus, do you think he has a copywriting problem?
0: I don't even know whether he's capable of producing the results. I, says,
1: okay, I think it's a legitimacy problem. <laughs> I don't even know if it's legit. Correct. I say, bro, you think you can go out there and use this shit on yourself? That's the first key I teach all, all my clients, right? Congruence is very important. You know, if you're selling something, then you don't even believe it. Let's say you sell a watch, but you don't wear a watch. You should check yourself. The funniest thing, i tell you something funny, right? I've gone to Converse store before and seen the person wearing Nike. I'm like, dude, hey, come on, man. At least wear Converse, bro. You are in a Converse store. Come on, man. Get your shit together, right? I mean, otherwise, I'm just going to try Converse, and then I'm going to ask you which is nice, and then your Nike wearing ass is going to tell me, yeah, this is nice. Come on, man. Just wear Converse. (laughs) Even even if you don't like it, first of all, if you don't even like it, why are you working in a Converse store, right? Why not work in a Nike store, correct? So congruence is very very important. So you should use it on yourself. Now, the second thing you should do is you should go and find a few people, coach them to get a result, and collect their testimonials and results. Even if he's not doing it for free, or even if he's doing it at a lower investment, you need to be in the business of collecting results. See, at the end of the day, I'm a guy that right now needs a little bit of a haircut. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a young guy. I'm still a young guy. I'm no longer in my 20s, uh, quite obviously. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm a young guy. And most of the time, there are people who have done, it, done uh, marketing and you know, coaching far longer than myself. But let me tell, tell you this, they do not have the results I've generated. If I showed you some of the stuff, that I've generated. People go, oh shit, wow, he's really good. That's exactly it, okay? So it is the results that make people come, not the years of experience. I think that's the one thing that every salesperson gets wrong. They love to tell people the awards they have won. Have you seen this kind of real estate or insurance people? They like to tell you how many awards they've won. Do you give a shit? You don't. Eh? All, all you care about is, can this person help me? I don't care if you won 10 awards, eh? right? Number two, they also like to tell you their years of experience. Sure, I don't know, eh? I don't really care. Can you help me? That's the only thing. Make sense? So it is not in the years of experience. It's not in the awards. It's the ability to generate a result. We always find people that can generate a result because that gives us what? What's the word? The, what, this starts with V. That's validation.
0: Value. Oh, value.
1: value. Value. The moment they can generate a result, they solve our problem. That's value. Then we'll pay. That's all. So everyone needs to understand focus on, on value. We are in the business of generating value for our clients. We do that, we'll be in business forever. We don't do that,
0: we'll be out of business very soon. Okay, but to generate results, you will have to have a certain level of knowledge to even provide that kind of value. Yes.
1: and you ought, to, you ought to make sure you can. That, that's the key. That, that's the key. Before a person starts a business, right? I, I work usually with people that at least the first thing if they want to join my coaching program, I always ask them a question. I say, uh, first of all, are you confident that your stuff works? Can you generate a result for people? So let's start all the way back. How do you generate a result for people? Let's say you are really a startup. Very, very simple. Okay, number one, you must have some element of knowledge, right? So this is, if this is step one, right, find people to help and collect proof. Huh? Let's start at step zero or step minus one. Let's go all the way back. How can we even start, start a business? Number one, okay, uh, here's what I'll tell for everybody. Number one, find, find something you're passionate about. Very, very critical. Find something you're passionate about, but not only just you're passionate about. Find two to three things you're passionate about, okay? Passion about means means what? It means you will still do it even though you get, don't get paid. I'm going to simplify passion in the easiest, most, street-savvy way possible, because I come from the streets, huh? you will still do it, even if you don't need the money. Marcus, I don't need the money now. Let me tell you this, huh? I'm wearing a, my expenses by the way, very low. <laughs> Super low. Uh, apart from paying for coaching and top people to help me. Otherwise, I don't own a car, because I refuse uh, to pay for a vehicle that costs four times more than in Malaysia. I just don't understand. Our country is smaller and I can to pay more The drive from traffic light to traffic light. I, I don't get it. So I have no car. I have no watch. You know, I cut my hair at a K-Cuts. Some <laughs> ten $10 haircut please. So I frankly have low expenses and a lot of money. So I really don't need the money. In fact, if I wanted to be like some of my investor friends, I probably have enough capital, invest it at 70, and basically I just can live off my returns for the rest of my life. So that's that. But here's the thing. Why am I still doing this interview with, with you? Because most people hustle because they want the money. But I have enough money to live off that and my expenses are low. So very good. Why am I doing this? But I like it. That's it. I enjoy it. It's my passion. Because you realize after a while when you are financially free, which means your income exceeds your expenses, you still have 24 hours a day. Then what you got to do, do with your time? There's only so much Tanjong Beach you can go to. There's only so much uh, drinking or eating or watching Netflix or whatever the heck you want to do, you can do. Mm-hmm. After a while, you're like, man, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And then you start to pursue a passion. A passion means I do it I collect the money because I deserve it. But I do it because I love it. In fact, I work till pretty late. I I work really late every single day. I work way harder than people in a job. (laughs) But why? Because I like it. I really enjoy it. You know, it gives gives me a thrill. Uh, I enjoy it. I want to get better. And my core value is that of mastery. So I just want to get progressively better and better. So that's the first key. Find something you're passionate about. Because when you're passionate about, which means you do it even though you're rich, uh, you will be very, very good at it. Then you'll be able to provide value and then people pay you a lot of money. That's the first key. Number two, you need to marry this passion to solving a relevant problem. To solving a relevant problem. You know this passion is only... So what's the difference, Marcus, between a business and a hobby? Now, hopefully, you're passionate about both. You, you, you see, now, see, the, my, my beauty uh, is making things that are very complex and uh, very clear. You know what the difference between a business and a hobby is? They're both mm-hmm. passionate. Just that the hobby, uh, nobody will pay you. Mm. Uh, so you can do it. Uh, then the business is somebody will pay you. Ah, you see? Makes sense, right? <laughs> so the hobby, the hobby you don't do for yourself because that is a personal passion. There means nobody will pay you. One. Mm. <laughs> but a business is a profitable passion. You see, a hobby is a personal passion. I do for myself. A business is a profitable passion. I do have people pay me. It's a huge, huge difference. I bet you're learning something also.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah.
1: Huge difference, okay? So, number one, find, find out two or three, four things you're passionate about. Number two, ask yourself which of these people pay you for. Now, why would they pay you? Because you solve a problem. Okay? So, if yours is, don't know, designing clothes for hamsters, but nobody will pay you. But They want personal passion. Do, do for hobby. Something, something you do. But if you do some, something and people will be like, oh my God, hey, geez, you solves my problem. I want to pay you. Great. Then they want a business, profitable passion. Mm. So, that's that. So, that, that's the first key. Start over there. Now then the next key is I want every single person here to so even before you want to start a business. Right? Remember, you need value in exchange for currency. Uh, get good. So you notice that every single one, every single person who has been amazing, they have apprenticed under someone great. At the start, you need to learn some skill set. At the start, you need to be like my guy over here who has a funnel problem. He needs to hey, he needs to go out there. He needs to learn how to do, let's say he wants to be an NLP coach for you. He needs to really know how to do NLP. He needs to coach some people. and He needs to slow the heck down and get some kind of tool. Because otherwise, it's going to be really challenging. So he needs to maybe spend one or two years. He needs to humble himself, develop a good product. You see, you don't need the world's greatest product, whatever that that means. But you need something that works. Mm -hmm. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about business. If you have nothing that works, (laughs) you can't sell shit. Because then you'll be exposed and then people will want a refund and you'll end up on mothership.sg. That's not a good (laughs) good place. (laughs) You know that's true. (laughs) So you need some shit that works. Okay? So you will need to spend some time apprentice under someone and learn something. You know, I don't care if it's painting, carpentry, making watches, teaching, coaching, you need to do it. You know, I have paid my dues in terms of that. And so, I'm good at what I do. Uh, And then afterwards, then we can talk about setting up a business. Because you need to provide value. And if your shit doesn't work, which means you're not good at it at all, then you provide no value right now. Make sense? Then, the other key is, if you are in that position, and you, but you want to start a business, what you could do is then you can do affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing means you sell other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Usually that kind of works out as a dual thing. Let's say, for example, you wanted to both learn from a master and you wanted to make money at the same time. Then I would recommend you sell the master's stuff. Does it make sense? Because that allows you interaction with the master. At the same time, it allows you to generate an income knowing that you're selling something that works. Sometimes that could work out. I think that is the argument sometimes we have for, for being a salesperson, you sell something that works, right? You know that Tony Robbins uh, started out by selling his mentor Jim Rhodes tapes. Allowed him a chance to hang out with Jim Rohn, uh, who's no longer with us, but learn from Jim Rohn, but also generate income knowing that he was selling something that was credible. Now, I used to sell a kid's program known as Supercap. I made about $3 million for them in five years. It also gave me a chance to learn how to conduct programs, how to teach, how to pitch, all at the same time. So it might be a good avenue to begin especially when you're starting out and you don't have much experience.
0: Yeah, I think, that, I think that's quite an interesting concept. Never thought about it that way. Well, I don't have theory, I don't have
1: theory yet, bro. <laughs> I only got street stuff. Every, by the way, everything I say works. You know why? Because I got to use it. I use it. I have used it. I teach people to do it. They use it. They make money. So everything I say works. are yeah, very simple to understand. Let me tell, tell, tell you why. I'm a, I'm a proponent for CSR. Occasionally, I pepper in uh, big words. I'm a proponent for simplicity. I'll tell you why. Have you ever done any kind of martial arts before, Mothers? Boxing?
0: Uh, maybe body. when I was very young. I used to do okay. Ushu, but that was like in primary school. So, that was so okay, long cool. ago.
1: If you have ever been in a fight before, you realize, or, or let's say you, course know, I, I, I take boxing, right? So, if you have ever been in a fight before, you realize uh, it never quite goes the way of the action movies. No one flies from wall to wall mm. and do fancy moves, none, zero. Usually, it's bah, bah. three, four moves. Uh, then you're either standing or you're down. That's it. you know it's, it's not very complex. It is not like you know a roundhouse kick, flying. No, no one does, does that kind of shit. Never. So, you realize that there are things that are complex. They usually don't work in the real world. If you were to sit opposite a person right now at Starbucks and sell something for five to seven minutes, and let's say I teach you a 30-step system you can imitate take a textbook, throw the speed. Waste time, man. Do you think first and foremost, uh, you will remember? No. No, it's too complicated. Yep. By the way, the 30-step system uh, implies uh, the guy needs to follow the exact sequence eh, for it to be, right? For, yeah. for it to work. Eh? Do human beings obey the sequence? Yes or no? Are they robots? Marcus, do? No. Are, are they? No. The moment the guy starts out uh, and he goes... Let's say he sits down and you're supposed to greet him a certain way, pitch your way. No, he sit down and say, Hey, bro, I only got seven minutes uh, because my wife is giving birth. Then straight away, never practice the scenario. Goes out the window, the 30 step, go out the window, now you're screwed. Do you realize? Does this happen every day in business? Yes or no? Of things course, don't does, always
0: go the way you want.
1: <laughs> no, things rarely go the way you, you want. Sometimes they do, but oftentimes they don't. And that's why human beings are dynamic. You know, someone comes in, they behave in a certain way, you meet some weird people. They never go according to plan. So what happens when you learn 30 steps? It doesn't work. Huh? What, what do you then learn? You're going to learn simple proven principles. Because the moment you understand the principle, you can what?
0: Mix and match.
1: You can adapt. You adapt the person. You know I need to drive towards this outcome. That's it. Instead of being very rigid. Because if you're very rigid, right, you, rigidity implies that the other person must behave in a certain way for it to make sense. I punch this way, he put his face there. What if he doesn't? Then I'm screwed. Eh. Does it make sense? Eh? So don't learn the rigid way. But 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 It don't work like that. <laughs> it don't work like that. You know, in a street fight, by the way, it's very di- dynamic. People don't stand and fight, eh? like like martial art like that. They can take the thing on the table and throw at you. Eh? They want, allow or not? Allow it. Allow it. Correct? <laughs> it's a street fight. Eh? Right? But if you fight too long in what we call competition matches, eh? where it's all like bowing, Huh, someone blow the whistle then you come back and get knocked out mm. because in the street which is complete best metaphor for business that's it who say they cannot who say they cannot grab the beer bottle over here and throw at you who say they cannot throw a chair at, at you do you realise that is the world of business it's fluid if you don't like it I think that, that's why most people eventually they try and they don't like it and they go back to either a high paid corporate job because a corporate job has parameters you see so you need to ask yourself before you be an entrepreneur, are you happy to deal with chaos? Are you happy to deal with fluidity? Are you happy to deal with change? If your answer is no, uh, I, my suggestion, find a high-paid corporate job. Because if you work hard uh, and you have become an intrapreneur, intra means what? You operate well within the parameters. You do well. You can still make a very good living. You can still make 20, 30, 30K a month. You, know, you make the company profits. You take a percentage of, of that. Do that. Because this game is hard. This game is ever-changing. This game, there's no constant. You win one day, you lose one day. <laughs> this is, and there's no end. Bro, there's no end, right? For most people, this is the life. Eh? Are you sure you want to do this? For me, I can love it. I love it. I like it. You know, but for, but for some people, they don't want They want a quiet, simple life. They want a peaceful, predictable life. They want a life where they can come back and put work aside. Marcus, as an entrepreneur, do you ever put work aside? Not really. <laughs> Not really, right? Have you ever been there with your girlfriend before? Ooh. Hopefully, she doesn't listen to this podcast. I was making sure she
0: doesn't.
1: <laughs> and she's talking, she's telling you, oh my God, my day, my parents. And then part of you is like, shit, did I send that email out? Oh no, that's a great idea. I need to write that down. Oh yeah, actually, I never thought of that. Has that ever happened to you before, Marcus?
0: Not always. <laughs> <laughs> Smart answer.
1: Happens all, all the time. You're talking and you're like, wow, that's a great idea. I need to write that down. <laughs> you, you know, so, that's it. But, so, the, so, when you work in a corporate uh, job or you work somewhere, you have the ability to, to segment, partition your life and just say, you know what? Work's done. You can tell people, hey, you know what? Don't contact me. Next 10 days, honeymoon. When, as an entrepreneur, shit, you contact yourself every day with brand new ideas. You're in the shower. Have you ever had the shower idea before you yeah, shower? Yeah,
0: definitely. Oh my God. And
1: you write that down. <laughs> then you're running out, writing things down, scribbling. Then people are like, what the hell is Marcus doing? Right? No, see, people will not un- understand. So, I want, the, 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 I want the, to mention some of these things. As an entrepreneur, the journey is lonely. Unless your parents and the people around you are entrepreneurs. Most people are not. Most people are not. Right? The reason I created X Factor is to give all my elite people. And when you're an elite entrepreneur, you operate on a different realm, a different plane than other people. Right? As an entrepreneur, it's kind of weird. Especially other people in the job. They don't understand why you're working so hard. They don't understand why it's 11 p.m. now and you're still hustling and having new ideas and doing things. Because for them, work and they eight. So you spend the last three hours drinking on net Netflix. They don't understand. They don't understand why you sometimes ask questions like, "Hey, what day is it?" What's an entrepreneur? You Roughly work every day. There's no such thing as weekend. Or what is a weekend? <laughs> you don't understand. You know. Whereas for them, it's like oh, for a TGIF. I don't understand what TGIF is. I really don't understand because I work harder on the weekends. Because it's actually a good time to work. <laughs> you, you know. So I don't understand what TGIF is. And you need to be the one person that that you know that is different. Uh, you need to have family and friends, you know, asking you what the heck you're doing. At the start, maybe you're not making any money, your face ridicule, and people ask you, hey, Marcus, hey, this business you make how much. Eh? Hey, if you're not making much, eh, i find find fine find a job. Lah. It's it's okay with it. Right? Right? And then at the start, I had to spend seven to eight years hanging out with my friends who were 27 and 28, working in corporate and driving cars, having babies, buying BTOs, and I was sleeping on my parents' couch, eh? eating one meal a day. You know how? I don't even say how embarrassing, it's eh? like humiliating. <laughs> It's just, and, 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 the, and the, there was an uncertainty, like, was there any guarantee that I would make it? No, eh? none. Make sense, eh? you start this, this business of yours, got guarantee. Eh? Anyone say you confirm or we'll make it? None. Eh? But do you realize, at least in a the job, there's a guarantee that you work at the end of the month, somebody pays, pays you. Yes or no? Yep. You see? So, you need to sign up for, you need to be a very strange person to be an entrepreneur. I think that's my, my conclusion here. <laughs> You're right? and, and as an elite entrepreneur, you need to take all these things and take it to a higher level and very few people are willing to but here is the payoff remember world works in exchange the payoff is this you make a lot of money and you get to make a lot of impact on on the world and you have to decide if you're willing to pay that price yeah there is a huge price to pay it's like being a a world cup champion it's a huge price to pay
0: Hmm.
1: or being an Olympic champion it's a huge price to pay well the payoff is good but are you willing to do the work so that's That's that. I want everyone listening to this uh, to really consider. You know, entrepreneurship is uh, very sexy uh, these days. But, uh, (laughs) they don't really tell you what's involved.
0: uh. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's becoming a more like hot thing nowadays. Yeah,
1: most people are not suited for it. It's just don't. Don't. I think the majority of people, in my opinion, are suited for a high-paid corporate job. (laughs) Because they get the elements of thrill, they get to still do things, they get a good income and they get predictability. And they get to like you know put things aside and go and uh go and be with their family. As an entrepreneur, right, There is no off switch. And you you know, and sometimes things are unpredictable. You never see it coming. You know, and you need to be wired in a certain way, and you need to want this. See it. One one final thought: of this uh, is that most entrepreneurs do it for the money. And the moment you do it for for, for the money, you start to realize that uh, you realize that, Marcus, the deeper you go into something, uh, it doesn't get less, uh, it gets more. <laughs> So if you did it for the money, now you make the money, but you're like knee deep inside or waist deep or neck deep inside. It's very hard, hard to get up. So think carefully. Like, is this what you want? If this is not what, what you want, it is fine. Eh? You can still have a nice car, a nice uh, family, a nice everything, working in a high-paid corporate job. You know? So always ponder, is this what you want? And then the moment you decide this is what you want, don't bitch about it. You signed up for this. It's like you signed up to be a commando. So when you're right there in mud, and not sleeping for 10 days. Hey, think to yourself, I signed up for this. Huh? So don't bitch. Huh? <laughs> you, you agreed to do this. Huh? Nobody forced you to do this. Huh? So there's that. Unless if you're in NS, huh, then, then they force you. Huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Is there any final things that you want to say to people? Uh, I think that was it really. Uh,
1: I think everyone listening, right? Really consider if you want to be an entrepreneur. Now, if you want, then, then commit to it. Commit to it. Understand you signed up for this life. Understand that it will be challenging. And understand you're signing up potentially for mistakes, hunger, low income, watching your friends party while you are hustling, not getting results for a period of time. This is part of the game, right? You, you have signed up. See, your friends have signed up to, to sit on the, on, on, on the sun chair at a beach. You have signed up to be a commando. So when you look at them enjoying coconut and basically getting a suntan, I'm, and you are knee deep or like, you know, entirely covered in mud. Understand this is what you sign up for, okay? And embrace it. Embrace the challenges and know that if you stick with providing value to people at the end of the day, you will have a profitable business. What is the payoff? I want to end on, end on this. The payoff is very simple. 5 to 10 years later, they will still be on the sun chair or maybe they will not. You will own the beach. That's the difference. <laughs> so that's the potential <laughs> payoff.
0: All right, I always end off with this one last question, which is what does success look like to you?
1: Well, success looks like, very, very simple. Success looks like doing what I'm doing now on a much higher level. That's all. Being better at what I do, uh, being able to, to coach more people, being able to, yes, make, make more money. But, but I, I, I'm already on the right path, and I just want to do it at a higher, higher, progressive level every single year. My, my dream is at the end of the day, I know I'll be phenomenally wealthy. right, We are talking maybe about nine or 10 figures. I, perfectly okay with that. Uh, but but, but here, here's the thing, Marcus, we cannot bring the money with us. And so the one thing that would uh, mean a lot more to me than just the money is, is the legacy. Knowing that I've made a difference to people and after I'm gone, that uh, people still pass on and impart and are benefiting from the wisdom uh, that I have passed to people. Which also, by the way, is the reason I chose to do this podcast. <laughs> so that I can pass on some of these things to you, your audience and uh, all, all, all the young people. Maybe there is a Melvin in, uh, in, in SMU right now. <laughs> and maybe this podcast you will listen to. <laughs> so that's, yeah. All
0: right. Thank you so much for this. I I felt like I had a mini crash course on, on like a masterclass, right? And I really like how you have your perspectives on impact and not just chasing the money because I feel like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is something a lot of people are stuck in, in the whole yeah. money cycle, right? And, it's just something I don't really agree with myself also. So yep. it's definitely nice to hear that that point of perspective. But thank you so much for doing this. Hope the listeners get to benefit a lot from it. And yeah, I'll catch you soon.
1: Yep. For for, for, for everyone listening, very simple. If you like this, just add me, Melvin Soh. Uh, M-E-L-V-I-N-S-O-H. Uh, and if you listen to this, just drop, drop me a PM. Let, let me know that you listen to Marcus's podcast and I'll send you something special. So I just want to see uh, how many people listen to this and uh, stay connected with all of you I share all of this if you like this kind of thing it's all on my Facebook wall
0: (laughs) yeah definitely I'll definitely share the links in in the show notes for the episode as well so people who are interested can check them out yeah thank you thank you we appreciate you joining us for this episode of Learning with Young Leaders be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show and visit zekonioriginal.com slash podcast for more resources based on today's topic That's zirconioriginal.com slash podcast. Until next time, stay curious, keep learning.